1: NY or text hope NY in New York.
2: It is five questions on the YouTube and podcast homes for BamaOnline.com. Travis Ryer, senior analyst joined once again by team senior reporter, Charlie Potter, Charlie getting ready to make that trip to college station for Alabama showdown with the Texas A&M Aggies. Saturday afternoon from Kyle Field, and with that, Charlie, you ready for five questions for this Alabama team?
3: Yeah, I will say um, you sent them over early, and that probably didn't help because these are some
2: pretty tough ones. I love it. (laughs) I love to hear that. We don't want them easy, you know. The viewers and listeners, they don't want them easy on us either. But we'll get things going on the offensive side of the ball, Charlie. Where. It's kind of been a by-committee approach. I don't think either of us are all that surprised by that. But I'm going to ask you, going into this Texas A&M game, do you have any idea who will be Alabama's leading receiver on Saturday?
3: It's tough. Um, you, know, you look at last year's game, that was Jermaine Burton. And this past week, you know, Jermaine made the trip to Starkville. Um, he didn't start the game. We saw... Uh, Malik Benson, Isaiah Bond, and and Kendrick Law run on late even uh, for the start of the game. And and Bond only played about nine snaps, I believe, if if pro football focus has it correct. And uh, a lot of the time he was on the sideline without a helmet. And Nick Saban uh, actually was asked about it today on the SEC teleconference and said he was a little bit banged up. And they're trying to, you know, get him through the game, get him some spots there. And, um, you know, hopefully he'll be better this week. And if he is, I I think that's who I would go with because you look at it, he's Alabama's leading receiver. Uh, through the first five games of the season, and, and that's only with eight catches. Uh, Alabama's definitely spread the wealth around, but when you look at what Jalen Milrow has been able to do, while he's been efficient the last couple of weeks, he hasn't had a lot of pass attempts. Uh, he had 12 and startful completing 10 of them. So yeah, he's a guy that um, I think they want to continue to get going uh, in the passing game. I think he did a better job with his intermediate throws this past week. And we've seen what he can do with the long ball. If, if that's still there and they can get those intermediate throws going, I think this passing game could kind of take that next step. And that's actually something Nick Saban talked about on the teleconference, too. He was kind of asked about wide receiver usage, and you know, he was talking about wanting to get – um the ball to some more of their skill guys because they think they have some really good players there and that's a work in progress. And I think as Jalen Milrow gets more comfortable, as we also see the offensive line kind of settle in a little bit more, I think that we'll see, you know, more completions. And, but I do think it'll be continue to be at least um, kind of a by committee approach. But I think if, if Jermaine Burton's healthy, it's hard for me not to pick him to be the leading guy.
2: Yeah. It, it still seems like Burton would be the selection there and you said it a year ago, he had a nice game against AM. and Ja'Cory Brooks, a guy that really has been non-existent as a target through the first five games of the season, maybe this is a spot where we see Ja'Cory uh, re-emerge because he too had a touchdown grab against the Aggies in Tuscaloosa in 2022. But otherwise, it is a bit of a mystery. Maybe it's a tight end even. Maybe Amari Nyblack who did some good things uh, against Mississippi State last week, I guess we're talking the difference between maybe receptions in the game and receiving yards, because really, in either instance, that one could go a number of different ways. And we talk about Jalen Milrow, and that leads us into our next question, Charlie. We seem to say it every week with Jalen <laughs> Milro, but is this this start the most important one of his UA career to date?
3: It's hard to say it isn't. Um, it's on the road. He's going back to his home state, Texas. Uh, it's going to be in front of a, a huge crowd. against gets a really good defense, at least a really good defensive front. Uh, so it's going to be a challenge for him. And I think this is a game Alabama needs to win. Um, you know, we were pretty much in in unison the the team side of things on Bol with Texas being. Uh, the most difficult game on Alabama's Alabama schedule. Then from there, it, it kind of branched off. You could see some people say LSU, but, it, you know, Texas A&M was in that discussion. And I think even though, you know, this doesn't apply to Jalen, but even though they have a change at quarterback, they're still a pretty good team. Um, but with what they've been able to do up front, and, you know, those five-star players along the defensive line playing like such here of late, it's going to be a challenge for this offensive line and a challenge for Jalen Milrose. So, um, you know, communication is going to be tough. Uh, It's something that You know, he talked about uh, this past week, I even asked him about the snaps with Seth McLaughlin, if they're getting extra work in at practice, and he took full ownership of that, which is what you want a leader to do. But communication is something that they're definitely emphasizing, and that's going to be important in College Station. But I do think that with Jalen, he has shown kind of steady improvement and we've seen, whether it's with. Uh, those intermediate passes we were talking about a little bit ago he's getting more accurate with that Uh, if he can avoid some of these other mistakes um whether it's holding on to the ball too long and maybe not throwing it away or just tucking it and run um he's made strides in terms of his accuracy taking care of the ball um it's starting to come together for him but it's going to be a challenge to continue to do that on the road and if he can play clean and smart football i think that you know this team's going to have a a real shot to, to win this one obviously but uh, I do think with him going back to to, um, to Texas, you know, college stations, like what, hour, hour and a half from Katy, where he grew up and played high school football. This is a big one for him. And I know he's played the Aggies before. So I think that familiar, familiarity helps. But, um, you know, this is one just in terms of the SEC West, Alabama wants to get and uh, needs to get and they need for Jalen Miller to play well.
2: Yeah, I think there's actually, believe it or not, a scenario where Jalen Milrow plays well on Saturday and Alabama still loses. I don't think that's one that most Alabama fans (laughs) envision. It really feels like there's no in-between this week for Jalen. He's either going to play really well, Alabama's going to win, or he's not going to play well and Alabama's going to lose. But it really is contingent upon... The pieces around him, the shotgun snaps, have to be better. The offensive line, the improvement we've seen over the last six quarters or so, it needs to be real in going against a front for Texas A&M that certainly is the best that Alabama has seen since Texas. So uh, guys have to be consistent catching the football. And obviously, as you said, Jalen can't be a three-turnover guy in this game like he was a year ago in Alabama in all likelihood still survive it. But if he is efficient, takes care of the football, allows the defense to sort of do its thing along with the kicking game, that could be enough. I'm going to ask you though, 12, 13 pass attempts this week. Is that a reasonable threshold for this offense in this game? Or do you think it's going to be more along the lines of Jalen Milrow needing to actually throw the football 18, 19, 20 plus times?
3: yeah I think that's that's tough because you know then I'll ask you know what, what does that mean about the run game because if he is attempting you know 12 13 you know under 15 pass attempts and they're able to establish the line of scrimmage and get going to the run game, Alabama will take that all all day um you know if you can get Jace McClellan and Roy Dell Williams going behind that offensive line against this Texas A&M defensive front then yeah you, you do that until the cows come home And so I, I do think though if they are, um having trouble with that defensive front if the run game is struggling you know Jalen's gonna have to do some things through the air and you know he can even if that defensive front's playing really well once they uh once things break down he can make plays with his legs but I do think you know looking at his stat line say he's he continues his accuracy say he's like 16 17 or 20. I think that's winnable um you know he takes care of the ball you know, he continues to to do well in the intermediate passing game, and he makes some of those deep shots. I think that that can be winnable. But I, I do think it's going to take, you know, more than 10 or 12. I think he has to be above 15, you know, for this offense to see some success.
2: Yeah, he threw it 19 times in that start against a last season, and Alabama ran for 288. So uh, yards per carry were really good, especially where Jameer Gibbs <laughs> is concerned. Yeah. But when you factor in sacks also – his dropbacks were in the low 20s. So I, I think the number is probably realistically for Saturday more along the lines of 23, 24. If he gets beyond, say, 25, 27, uh, then, yeah, what you talked about with the concern about, okay, what does that mean for the run game? I think that's when that certainly comes into play. Or, you know, AM jumps out to a big lead or the defense doesn't play up to its standard for Alabama maybe in the first half or so. Uh, of this one. So let's talk about that Alabama defense for our next question. In your opinion, Charlie, who are Alabama's most important defenders for this game on Saturday?
3: Yeah, it's it's tough um, uh, because a few players come to mind. I don't want to just sit here and list, you know, four or five guys. So I kept it down to two. And, um, you know, we heard from Nick Saban about Deontay Lawson today. He said he's been able to practice, but you know, in terms of how efficient he can be in the game, remains to be seen so that doesn't sound the best i would um, you know we'll, we'll see if there's any other updates throughout the week whether it's you know tomorrow on the radio show and then obviously we'll be in college station and can watch warm-ups to see if he made the trip and is going through those but um it, with the idea that he won't play i think Tresman marshall is going to be really important um you know he's a guy that stepped in as the signal caller of the defense with lawson out and start full. um you know nick saban was really complimentary of the job that he did but, um, you know, so they're going to be key. Those inside backers are going to be key in, in stopping the run and, um, you know, getting helping get pressure on Max Johnson. But um, the other guy, too, that kind of helps with that, and I think makes uh, both Deontay Lawson and Tresman Marshall's life a little easier is Malachi Moore on the back end. And we've heard from Maniah Smith this week. Uh, he's <laughs> definitely been one that has made himself known. But he's a heck of a player. He's given Alabama problems in the past. Um you know, I have a and a Q&A with a reporter from Texas A&M coming out tomorrow, and I asked about Evan Stewart because he had a big game against Alabama last year, but Anaya Smith wasn't on the field. So um, it is a situation where uh, I know Terry Arnold responded to Anaya Smith's comments, but Terran was also kind of smart in saying that Anais will be a lot of times playing in the slot. And so if Malachi makes a play, then he'll start chirping at him. I thought that was funny. But to that point, Malachi has to do a good job against nice Smith. He also has to do a good job of getting the defense, uh, or at least the back end lined up. He's done a great job of that through the first five games. He's been really, really good. And I think if that same Malachi Moore shows up in this game, it's gonna bode well for Alabama because you can take away one of uh, Texas A&M's biggest weapons. So for me, it's just kind of the signal callers that defense they have to do a good job uh, on the road and against a, an offense that while they do have a new quarterback, they've still been able to, to trudge along because of the guys that they have at the skill positions.
2: Two really good picks because those are guys, those are positions that Jimbo Fisher and Bobby Petrino offenses like to get after too, whether yeah. it's the backs and the run game or throwing it to the backs. Uh, tight ends too. They'll try to get isolated on those inside linebackers. And then you, everything you said about Anaya Smith in the slot, and it still could be Terry and Arnold in the dime that maybe gets some of Anaya Smith, although I think we True. both anticipate this being largely a nickel and maybe even some base defense with Jimbo. Uh, those guys will put two tight ends out there from time to time. But I'm going to kind of go with you in terms of inside linebacker. I think Jihad Campbell, for most of the reasons that you said about Tresman Marshall uh, playing off the ball and uh, the different things he'll be responsible for there at the inside linebacker position. And then I'm going to go with Dallas Turner because he has been on an absolute heater in the pass rush. And if Alabama has similar success to what it had a year ago against the a run game, you would love to see Dallas Turner matched up, maybe one-on-one with some of these a and offensive tackles. And for that matter, I think Chris Braswell as well. So Alabama's edge, guys, I'll go with Dallas. Uh, I think the four guys we touched on, though, uh, certainly going to be big for Alabama defensively in this one. How about this, Charlie? My over-under for non-offensive touchdowns with these teams on Saturday is one and a half. Which way are you going on those knots? you going over the one and a half non- non-offensive touchdowns? Or are you going to go under?
3: It's tough. Uh, I kind of went back and forth on this, and I, I tried to look it up for A&M. That's not really a, a stat that's readily available everywhere. Uh, Alabama does a pretty good job in its game notes, and obviously we know that this past week with Chris Braswell's pick six, that was the first of the season for for UA. Um, I think I'll go under one and a half is a lot. There have been some weird things happening in this series, though. Um, you know, we, I know Anais Smith has a punt return for a touchdown. You know, he's an explosive guy. But Alabama's return teams have been pretty solid. Um, so I, I think it's certainly possible that you can get one, maybe more, but I'm going to go kind of on the conservative side with one. I I do think though, if, if one does happen, uh, it could happen on special teams, but I do think this UA defense has been opportunistic. We saw three interceptions this past week, they've got some guys that can move in the secondary once they get their hands on the ball. So I I do think if Alabama is able to get pressure on Max Johnson, whether it's by a strip sack or an interception, they can, they can definitely take it to the house. So if, if I like one of those, it's going to be with that, but you know, Anaya Smith, I think Alabama, um, whether it's special teams, defense, whatever, um, they heard what he said. I think they're going to be pretty fired up to go against that guy on Saturday.
2: Yeah. Coming off games last week, a had two in their win over Arkansas, one on an interception return, one on the Anaya Smith punt return. Alabama, of course, with the one from Braswell that you mentioned, and we've seen it in this series. Uh, Jacory Brooks, the last time Alabama went to College Station off a, a, off a punt block. So I'm going to go under two. I think one and a half is a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. I won't be surprised at all if we have at least one, but I'm going to go with under the one and a half. Let me ask you about this as we talk special teams to wrap up five questions for Alabama and Texas A&M this week. What do you think, Charlie? Is this a Will Reichard revenge game? Because the guy doesn't miss many field goal attempts, and he missed two in this game a year ago. So what about Reichard and the importance of really the Alabama kicking game in general?
3: Yeah, it's it's crazy to say that. And you think about it, what, well, he made a 50 yarder. so uh, And it was
2: important. I mean, when yeah. you look back, if he doesn't make the 50 yarder, A&M just kicks the field goal at the end to win the game, right?
3: Yeah, I mean, it, he's been um, he's been a special player, and he's been really consistent. To, so to see that stat line is is really odd for Will. Um, you look back since the the Tennessee game last year, he's made every kick he's he's attempted. He's eleven for eleven this year. Um, you know, he's had several that are uh, thirty five and beyond, and so I, I think that. Alabama doesn't really worry when Will Reichard steps up to make a kick. He's been Mr. Consistent. And I do think, you know, he's going to have some opportunities in this game as well. You know, this is, again, I feel like I'm being a dead horse, but this is a talented Texas AM defensive front that can cause some problems. And um, while I do think Alabama can do some good against them, they're going to have some opportunities to do some good against Alabama. And I think that, you know, Will's going to have, you know, one, two, maybe three opportunities to go out there and kick field goals. And, um, you know, he's been money. He's been really good on the road, too. So uh, I know last year, obviously, that game was in Tuscaloosa. But you look at the kick he made at the end of the Texas game last year. Uh, He's made key kicks throughout his career on the road. And um, the way that he and James Burnett both are playing, they're playing at not only an all-SEC level, but an all-American level right now. And I think Alabama feels really confident in what they have from a specialist standpoint. And that's really good to have going on the road with still a, a pretty inexperienced quarterback, and some inexperienced pieces everywhere on the roster. To have those guys playing the way they are right now, Uh, you know, Nick Saban has to be feeling pretty good about his special teams units.
2: Yeah, if anything, with the way Burnup's booming it, you almost worry a little bit about him being too good because Anaya Smith can really make you pay if you out punt your coverage. Uh, those guys still got to get down there and try to get a guy like Smith on the ground, but absolutely, I think a luxury to have Will Reichard that you're packing up in that gear for College Station to go along with that defense. And really, right, red zone this week, touchdown conversion rate this week versus field goals. Uh, A lot of times games like this, that's what it comes down to. He, He who kicks the most field goals sometimes actually ends up losing games. But if you need one late, I don't know a better guy to have than Will Reichard. Well, Charlie, we certainly hope you have safe travels on your way to College Station. And as always, we appreciate you taking the time here on Five Questions.
3: Yeah, no problem, man. It's always good to catch up with you.
2: And be sure to catch all of Charlie's great work right there with us at BamaOnline.com. Hang out with us on the Roundtable, the premium message board of choice for Alabama fans around the globe. If you haven't subscribed to our YouTube channel yet, you should do that. The BOL YouTube channel up and running right now. A lot of good video content that we're piping into there for you. And of course, the Bama online podcast, wherever you consume podcasts, you're going to find the BOL pod. Travis Ryer for Charlie Potter. Thanks again for joining us. And until next time, so long, everybody.